Hello there, and a very warm welcome to episode 14 of the Frantic Football Show, uh, Frantic Football Podcast, sorry, on World Football Index. I'm Neil Shalat, and I'm delighted to welcome uh, Ben Griffiths once again. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good. It's Monday, so it's weird that I'm here, but definitely en- enjoy to be here and talk about all the action that happened this weekend. Oh, well, Monday man at it again. Uh, and, and we also got uh, Rafael Adelukba. How are you doing, Rafael? Doing good, Neil. Um, hope you and Ben are all right. Now. I once again for this episode. Yep, I, I suppose we'll we'll have to dive straight in because there's been loads of stuff that's happened this weekend, uh, loads of matches from all over the world, uh, some some really really interesting results and and, and a bit of news at the end too, uh, especially uh, relevant to some managers. So uh, that's what we'll be covering. Uh, you know, I'll just give you some, a brief teaser of some matches. We've got stuff from a number of title races in Europe. Uh, some of the leagues are of course getting started in South America, which we'll discuss. Uh, Champions League action from Africa and Asia, and and um, loads more other stuff as well, some derbies and some other big games uh, that we will talk about. So, without further ado, let's get started. Alright, uh, let me start us off uh, in the Netherlands, the Eredivisie, which we love to talk about because we've got quite a title race there, as, as I'm sure uh, anyone who's listened to a previous episode will have will have heard. Uh, big, big game this weekend, uh, so Feyenoord take on AZ, so that's first versus second with uh, a two-point gap between them. And it was Feyenoord who came out on top. AZ did score first uh, in the first half through an own goal from a corner. Uh, but with the teams went level into the break, and then Feyenoord scored a last-minute winner uh, thanks to right-back uh, Marcus Pedersen, who, who who had a deflected left-footed shot loop in for his for his first ever goal for the club, uh, and and that was like a winner in the 90th minute. And and they have made it a habit to score these late goals. You know they scored they came back from 2-0 down late on uh, against PSV, and, and we also talked about them coming back in the cup against NSA late late on. Uh, to to stay alive in that tournament, so they they've made a habit really of these late goals this month, uh, and and it's kept them at the top of the table. But uh, after Azad's loss, Ajax have climbed up to second. They put four past Sparta. Uh, really impressive performance again. Yeah, we spoke earlier about uh, how uh, Johnny Hiding has taken over and and you know really changed how how they've looked, and and they clearly seem to be clicking. Uh, but PSV dropping points away from home yet again. This time at Utrecht, uh, so so there I believe it's six points uh, of the league leaders now, so they're they're slowly slipping away as well. Uh, but but I think between Feyenoord and Ajax certainly we've got a really really tight title race, uh, and Ajax are getting ever better. But uh, Feyenoord they, they 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 just don't seem to they just don't seem to slow down. Uh, let's quickly also pop by then to to Belgium next door, uh, where. We we had both uh, of the top two drop points. Uh, Genk look, looked on course to lose uh, at Mechelen in in Wouter Franken's uh, former club. That is, uh, but a last last like deep into stoppage time, a really late equalizer for them, uh, salvaged the point for them. And then Union Saint Gilloise were playing uh, Standard Liège later uh, in the weekend, and they suffered their first loss in 15 games. Uh, it's two four. It was at the end, I think. Uh, and and that saw them uh, slip 
uh, a point be- uh, a point further behind uh, Genk. But of course, as we you know, uh, all to play for in the championship playoffs when the points will be halved. Uh, Club Brugge still can't get another win. It's one win in about 12 games, I think, now for them. This time they were playing in the in the Bruges derby against Cercle, who 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 performed quite quite well. They 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 had them under pressure. Their uh, bigger city rivals, I suppose you could call them, under pressure for, for a good while, uh, and they managed to come away with a point. So Cercle remain in the top eight. So that, so they remain in the second playoff for the European spot, and Club just about remain fourth. Uh, but they're twenty points off Genk now. Uh, and just one ahead of Ghent and two ahead, two ahead of Standard. So, un- unless they get their act together, they're really, really at risk of losing uh, that championship playoff spot uh, this season. Uh, let's also just quickly talk about some some top five league action. I suppose we'd have to mention a PSG four three Lille uh, from from Sunday, which was an absolutely crazy game. PSG going two 0 up early, uh, Lille Lille turning it around, uh, but then later on Mbappe and Messi from a free kick. Uh, winning the game for for PSG's first win uh, after three straight losses, uh, and and had they lost, uh, they, they they would have uh, been their lead would have been cut down to just two points at the top of the table, and and they're set to face uh, Marseille in in Le Classic next week. So we we might have even had new league leaders, but not to be of course. Even though Marseille did beat Toulouse later on, uh, PSG stay five points clear at the top of the table. Uh, let's also pop by in the Bundesliga where there's, an, there's a real title race heating up. It's a three-way tie at the top of the table. Uh, Bayern lost to Gladbach as, as they always do, of course. Standard procedure. <laughs> Prime example for bogey team, really. Uh, an early red card for Upa Meccano really set, set the tone for the day. Uh, and then even though Bayern managed to equalize once, uh, Gladbach got a two-goal lead in the second half uh, and they managed to win. So so I think that's uh, three wins and a couple of draws uh, for Gladbach in, in, in their last uh, last five games, I think, uh, against Bayern. Uh, and I mean, I, I think that, that says it all about just just how these teams are. And there was a great tweet as well I saw from Gladbach because, uh, you know, every time Bayern are losing, you'll always get uh, scenes of uh, Oliver Kahn in the stands uh, you 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 get a great reaction image as always, and and Gladbach took one of those, and and there was some caption along the lines of oh, when you sign Jan Sommer, but still can't beat Gladbach. So that was that was some great stuff from them. But yeah, so 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 that made Bayern susceptible to actually losing their lead. But Union could only manage a goalless draw against Schalke, who who, who are at the bottom of the table. But they have four goalless draws in the last four games, which is some sort of a record, I'm led to believe. Uh, so absolutely no goals for in any of their matches in the last uh, 360 minutes uh, of Bundesliga football. So so that's that's quite something. Uh, and then later uh, Dortmund beat Hertha uh, to to join those two at the top of the table. So it's Bayern, Dortmund, and Union, uh, but only separated by goal difference. And Bayern and Union play next weekend. Uh, but uh, all, uh, while all that was happening, Rafael was busy watching a couple of other uh, top sides in the Bundesliga. He was watching Wolfsburg against RB Leipzig. So, Rafael, tell us what you saw in that one. Yeah, I was watching this game on Saturday. And it was a close between this game, or well, as the game you mentioned, Munchen Gladbach versus Bayern. And you'd probably say I picked the wrong choice, considering how eventful that game was. But this was really intriguing to be fair. Uh, the scoreline justifies. Leipzig's performance and dominance over Wolfsburg for much of the game. 
Um, Emily Sporsberg scored a lovely body. Uh, I saw it as one of those bodies that bounces back to you, trampoline like after like a, a little melee in the box. And it makes it so easy for the person hitting the ball to be strike through to connect well, which Sporsberg did. Um, the first half was tame after that. Tame for the first 15 minutes in the second. Quite like she's clear dominance over Wolfsburg. He still couldn't score the second. So what do you do? You just bring on you just bring on Christopher and Kunka as you do. Um his first game in four months after recovering from his knee injury. That kept him out of the World Cup as well. And the start of uh, the restart of the Bundesliga. Um but he didn't look like a player that hadn't played football for four months. He looked like a player that had been playing football for every four days. He was just so much quicker and sharper on and off the ball than the Wolfsburg defenders and he showed that when he showed that when he assisted Conor Lyman when Nike were for the second. But for me, the best player on the pitch is Dominic Sabal's line. He put the game to bed with a nice run and top finish inside the box. And 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 when you watch Dominic Sabal's line, there's not many players that can strike the ball with the pace and power and the precision he strikes with. He's just a wonderful player to watch, honestly. And um you, you were talking about a a, a freeway tire. I kind of think Leipzig got in this tire race. They're in a semi-title race. They're in a title race of their own. Like, you could say that pretty much all the top six in the Bundesliga right now they believe they're in some sort of a title race. But they've got C on Wednesday in the Champions League. That'll be a tough run. It's been tight. But it should be competitive for them. Um, as for Wolfsburg, European football looks pretty unlikely at this point. They're eight points off Frankfurt, who are sixth. And they've not been good post-World Cup. Um, Nico, Nico Kovac and his side have just been Pretty underwhelming, especially in games against the top six. As we've seen with Bayern, three 0 down at, uh, in the first half a couple of weeks ago, lose three 0 here. They're, they've been really underwhelming against the top sides. Yeah, I, that just reminded me. You're talking about the top six. I saw someone, I think someone in the German media, I forget who, uh, but someone basically called uh, Gladbach the, the Robin Hood of the Bundesliga because they they steal points off the top sides and and then they drop points against the lower teams and that that's they what lost they, like four nil to Hertha, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, the week before. They... Yeah, 4 1. It was week. Uh, just 4 1. <laughs> yeah, and then they got fired. <laughs> and Hertha, of course, in the relegation zone, lost to Dortmund, as we said. Uh, and yeah, so they're alongside Wolfsburg, really, uh, of the European battle. But, you know, it, maybe if we have a favorable uh, cup winner, I mean, one of the top six, then perhaps that could be uh, a European spot up for grabs there as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I say let's move on from the Bundesliga and go over to all the various other leagues that we have to mention this week. We'll have to get through them pretty quickly because there's a lot. Uh, but let's get started. Okay, let's let's start in Wales uh, where we have some news. Uh, Airbus brought in UK, who I think we've mentioned before uh, because of, of their unfortunate winless record coupled with a points deduction uh, for fielding an ineligible player early on in the season. Uh, has have, They have been relegated. So they're, they're still on minus two points, still with just that one draw all season. Uh, the, the 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 league has split already into the the, the two playoffs the, the the championship playoff at the top and the other half uh, the relegation playoff uh, and it's it's I think it's just been a couple of weeks uh, but they're uh, dead and buried already because as I said they're on minus two points uh, so the, it's mathematically no longer possible for them to survive although relegation seemed inevitable from the start really uh, but yeah it's, I suppose they still have to work on, on at least getting back to a positive points tally if they can uh, 
in the next few few weeks and months. But yeah, they they're going down for sure. Of course, I think we've mentioned it before, but they're a team linked to uh, the aircraft company. Indeed, in fact, their nickname is the Wingmakers, and their history uh, involves uh, I think starting off as like a team made up of the factory workers at the Airbus factory in, in Broughton. So an interesting side, but we, we, we won't be seeing them in the Welsh top flight uh, at least next year. Let's let's go over then quickly to England as well. We'll just stop by there uh, because Ruben says won his first match uh, in charge of Southampton, in, first Premier League match, I should say. He's, he's taken interim charge once in a cup game before, I believe. Uh, but they beat Chelsea 1-0 thanks to James Ward-Prowse free kick. So a, a good start for him. We've got another Premier League a potential, another Premier League manager to talk, to talk about as well, but we'll leave that for later. Uh, let's pop over then to Africa, where, of course, we had another weekend of uh, CAF Champions League and uh, Confederation Cup games. Uh, interesting result was uh, uh, JS Kabili, if, if I'm saying that right, uh, beating the defending champions uh, Vidat Casablanca. Uh, now, mind you, uh, they're, they're in the relegation zone in Liga, so... I mean, of course, they, 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 they went much better last season. Uh, but clearly, this campaign is not going well for them. Uh, so this was a really, really surprising result uh, because they've only got three wins from 15 in the league and, and they're four points of safety. Uh, but they, they've beaten uh, the defending champions. Uh, and of, of, of course, as you'd expect, they weren't really dominating. But it, it, I wouldn't call it an entirely smash-and-grab victory either, I think. You know, I don't think Vidal can have too many complaints about that result given their performance. So, a, a, a very, very interesting result there. Of course, there's there's six games uh, in the CAF Champions League group uh, as, as there are in most such groups. So, still a long way to go, but no points uh, after, after that first game for Vidal. So, uh, l- let's see how they go because, of course, you would fancy them to make it out of uh, that group at least. Uh, but yeah, long way to go as I say. Let's let's jump over next to Denmark, where of course on Friday we spoke with uh, Henry Nichols about about the returning Superliga, uh, and well, uh, it didn't disappoint. The, the first match back was uh, Alborg against uh, AJF uh, from Aarhus. Uh, played on a really, really, really windy day, and I mean, just to give you some context. The ball was swinging like mad from free kicks and corners, and goal kicks were like the keeper poor 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 sort of trying to aim them to the center of the pitch, and they were going out for throws. So it was that bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, ultimately uh, Alborg ended up losing, so so they remain uh, in in that uh, second from uh, bottom spot uh, in what will become the relegation zone once the league splits. Uh, and they're eight points off safety now, so I think they're clearly not going well for them, as we spoke to with Henry earlier. And, and just quickly, another result I'd like to mention there is Nordsjöland uh, drawing to uh, bottom club Lungby. Uh, they they seemed in control. They had a one nil lead going t- towards the end, but then they had a player sent off, and then in stoppage time they conceded an equalizer. So their lead has been uh, cut down. Well, I mean, it's not been cut down yet because Viborg are yet to play, but it could well be. And certainly, Copenhagen uh, have have closed the gap to them. Uh, sp- well, speaking of returning leagues, let's talk about the season getting started. Uh, of course, the J League's back. We we briefly mentioned uh, the, the opener 
on on Friday's episode. But, but of course, there's been loads of games since, and Ben's been keeping a clo- uh, very close eye. So, Ben, what what have you seen in the first weekend? Yeah, so the first weekend's good. We uh, just had the first game, uh, last season's top two, play on Friday, of course. Uh, and then we had all the other games take place on Saturday. Um, and so that was definitely uh, a good slate of games. The, the biggest result from this would be uh, two bottom mid-table t- uh, teams from last season, Sagan Tosu and Shonan Belmar. They played. Uh, Sagan Tosu lost 1-5 to Shonan Belmar. Um, that was quite the fun game. Uh, y- Yukio Osahase, he scored a hat trick. Um, Shudo Mashino got two assists, and he he was called the World Cup squad. Um, I wouldn't say, oh wow, like do we have a new favorite to win the league because they won five one? Wouldn't say that. Wouldn't go that far. Uh, they were closer. To, I think they were twelfth and fourteenth or fifteenth last season. So, uh, huge result to open the game, but again, or open their their league seasons, but just one game. Uh, elsewhere, we have uh, our one of our new boys, Alberex Niigata. Uh, they drew with Cerezo Osaka two two. Uh, SC Tokyo won against Urawa, so Urawa was uh, relatively poor last season, so we'll have to keep following them to see how they can do. Uh, another result would be Yokohama FC, the, the other new boys, they lost no one to Nagoya Grampus. Casper uh, Junker, who was a, uh, like the star boy in the J-League, it seems, um, he scored his first goal for Nagoya Grampus. Uh, it was the winner, it was like in the second or third minute, uh, so that was definitely, it was a nice, nice goal that he scored, just putting his, his foot right around the defender to, to slot it in from like about a couple inches away, I think, at the far post on a corner. Um, yeah, it was definitely a fun uh, first round of, of J1. J2 also got started again. Uh, there were the games that won, they were all by one goal, so there weren't any crazy results, um, but but a couple were were definitely fun, fun to watch. The goals in J2 are always insane, it seems like. Watch the highlights of some of these games. Particularly one of my favorites was uh, both of our new J2 clubs up from J3, Iwaki FC uh, and Fujieda My FC, 2-3. There were five goals in that game. I think all five were really fun. Uh, same with Jubilo Iwata, who got relegated last season, and, and Fajiyama Okayama, 2-3 as well. So uh, give it a watch. I don't think there were any massively insane results for me. Uh, but the goals are always fun to watch. So make sure on the J-League highlights, you can watch those uh, and give those a watch. Yeah, and I think the, the official J-League uh, YouTube channel will be streaming four games every weekend. Uh, worldwide, yeah, I think. Wherever, for J-1, yeah. Yeah, J-1, I should say, yeah. Um, worldwide, I think, wherever there aren't broadcasts, which is many places. So uh, I'd definitely say, you know, yeah, put those on your calendar. They're really exactly. good productions too. Uh, uh, J League, the J One is allowed to have chants now in the stadiums. They have not been able to be chanting and singing for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so the atmospheres this weekend were incredible. Um, nothing short of incredible. It, yeah. Yeah. Definitely put those on your calendar, and they should be having one or two J Two games here in the future. They don't right now. I I asked their Twitter account, and they said stay with us. We we'll put out some info. So I'm hoping because J Two is uh so competitive and so much fun. Yeah, well, that that we look forward to that as well then. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, uh, uh, you know, as Ben said, it's a really great, it's a great league, and, and timing wise as well, it, it's it's really handy for most of us. Uh, certainly, you know, I suppose uh, Europe and eastwards because it's it's well ahead of the other major games in Europe. Uh, but okay, let let's move on then. Let's quickly check in. Uh, in South America, where obviously the leagues are only really getting started. But I just want to mention a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, Magallanes, who, who we've mentioned before, uh, the, the the first ever uh, champions of Chile, 
finally back in the top flight after a long, long absence of over three decades, have also now finally managed to get their first win back in the Primera División. They've beaten uh, Unión Española, who they also defeated in the Copa Chile final last year uh, to, to win that title, which was their first uh, in almost 80 years. So, Magallanes are definitely a side on the up. They, they'll, they'll also be playing in the Copa Libertadores qualifiers uh, later in this week, which we'll quickly mention towards the end. Uh, but a, a good result for them. And and over, over in uh, Argentina, a couple of games. Uh, first, I'd just like to mention uh, Lanús beating Rosario Central 3-0. So, they are after just four games, of course, really early on in the season. But they have four wins for, from four, and they're at the top of the table uh, after uh, you know being in much more of a relegation battle last season. And, and they've also had four red cards. Uh, obviously, most of them have been late on, so they've managed to hold on uh, to their wins. Uh, but, but a pretty, pretty incredible uh, story that uh, there. Uh, and I'd also like to mention the Santa Fe Derby, uh, Derby which was uh, held on Sunday. Uh, which ended 1-1, uh, and it saw Colón uh, get their first point of the season. Uh, but it's we we might not have another one of these next season because I'm not uh, particularly optimistic about Colón. Uh, they they didn't look great in uh, the the league last season. Uh, they were one of the worst sides, but because of of the the changed relegation format. Uh, because of the pandemic, where it was an ag- an average points from the last three seasons or something, it was really complicated. Basically, uh, they managed to survive, but I think we're having more of a slightly more normal sort of relegation uh, system this season, uh, and and you you would fear for them, I think. Uh, let's also speak of derbies. Let me quickly mention the Zurich derby uh, between FC Zurich and Grasshopper. Uh, Club Zurich, uh, of course, we've covered FC Zurich as well earlier with Craig King. They're the defending Swiss Super League champions, but they're having a really, really poor season. Uh, in, in, they're, 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 they were, uh, they started this game in the, uh, I think they started this game at the bottom of the table uh, or maybe second from last. Uh, but anyway, they managed to uh, pull up to eighth place now because they, they, they managed to get a comeback victory against Grasshopper. They conceded first. But two goals in the second half from Ayagun Tosin uh, made made the difference in the end. So they're definitely uh, again. I think as as we uh, concluded while discussing about them with uh, Craig King, uh, the new manager Bo Henriksen does seem to at least have them headed back in the right direction. Of course, can't expect much from them this season, but a relegation hopefully shouldn't be an issue, especially given the fact that there are no direct relegations from the Super League and only the bottom side will have a playoff to play because they're expanding to 12 teams uh, and as well as a a half-and-half playoff format from next season. Uh, But yeah, I think that's about it from Zurich. Uh, Let's quickly pop over to Italy where Rafael was watching Sassuolo Napoli as he told everyone to do on Friday. So, Rafael, how, how did that game go? Yeah, as you said, um, we talked about this game on Friday on the preview episode, and I think everyone who listened to that section of the episode, and obviously me, you, and Alex on that episode, would have been pretty adamant at this time that Napoli were the favourites for this game, and they did win in relatively com- comfortable fashion. So, um, Kovarskelder scored the opening in Kovarskelder fashion. His run just sliced through Strasbourg in defence. Pretty, pretty nice solo run. Once he picked up the ball in, inside his own half, he just started running and running. And then he realized he was going to have a shot here and he carried it into the bottom corner. Um, I thought um, Lorente 
um, was head and shoulders above every one of the Sasa's teammates. It was almost just passing him the ball and then do something. Because if it wasn't him, it would, it would have been no one. To um, he looked to reply quickly to Kavara's goal, but he, um, he hit the post. And then a couple of minutes later, Napoli have done this quite a few times this season, capitalizing on the lack of quality of their opponents in the final third. This time with Dawson and Sean. He took, he took his goal pretty well. Um, obviously, pretty poor keeping from Andrea Ponsigny, who has been, I mean, he, he has his favorites. He, he's, he's the captain of the club. And, and, and people have um, praised him for his loyalty and, and whatnot, being a veteran. But uh, every, every time I, I tune into South, he seems to be pretty underwhelming in terms of getting that long and saving shots like the one Victor Osman has scored. But definitely to Victor Osman to generate that much pace in his shots. It's, it's one of the things in Victor Osman's um, um, skill set that sets him really apart from um, other young forwards. He's able to generate uh, an incredible amount of pace on his shots. Uh, we're, we're very little back there. So, um, once again, he showed that um, when he put it against uh, Sass to make it 2 0. Loriante actually did score, but Fire um, eventually denied it for offside. I also wanted to say that since semi automated, um, also the back had been introduced to it. So, yeah, it's actually made the use of that referee a lot more effective. Um, as we knew, uh, they added uh, semi automated uh, to this area. After the whole the back hole, I believe it was months of us in Juventus. I don't know if um, I'm right on that. I don't know if you guys know, but it was definitely, definitely involved Juventus a couple months. Um, maybe the Premier League should take note because it seems every week there's, a, there's an offside in, in that league that majority uh, football fans can't agree on. Um, but the second half is without, to be honest. Once again, Napoli had the ball in the back of the net, Giovanni Simeone. With the header, but once again, it was ruled out for offside. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Napoli are going to win this year. 15 points clear uh, on second place into February is ridiculously good from them. And with Frankfurt coming off this uh, midweek, they really might be putting some eggs in their Champions League basket and potentially uh, doing a pop run there. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely looking very, very good. So even though I suppose. Uh, before the season, not many would have fancied them to go far in the Champions League. They they could well do it now, given how they're playing. Uh, but speaking of Champions Leagues, uh, let's also talk about the AFC Champions League, uh, where the round of 16 of the 2022 season is happening right now. Uh, it's, 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 it's a bit confusing, but bear with me. So basically, they're, they're changing. The, the Usually, the AFC Champions League uh, is uh, a sort of a... Uh, January to December sort of format. Uh, so uh, you you have uh, like yearly competitions as as we say with the 2023. But from next uh, from next season they're doing the sort of the the mid year to uh, the mid year start basically. So it'll be the 2023-24 Champions League uh, from this season. And then they're 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 also changing up qualification formats and groups and stuff. But that's later. We'll talk about that some other day because that's a whole new story in its own. But anyway, so we've we've already had the the so the, so the way currently it works uh, is in the in terms of the knockouts, the round of sixteen, split they're split half and half between the the east zone uh, and and the west zone. So the the east zone is all done and dusted. Uh, the uh, Urawa uh, Red Diamonds from Japan have uh, effectively booked themselves a place in the final. 
uh, and now we're looking at the west zone and we had uh, as we speak we've had three ties come uh, three round of 16 ties concluded and and the fourth the last one ongoing so uh, as of now al duhail are through al shabab are through uh, Fulad uh, Khuzestan are through. They beat Alf uh, Faisalu. Interestingly, uh, were, uh, they co- they qualified by virtue of winning the cup, I should say. But uh, at the end of last season, they were relegated from the Saudi Pro League. So so now they're in the second division, uh, and and they're playing the Champions League knockouts. Uh, obviously, you know various factors in there, but just an interesting fact, I suppose. Uh, and finally, Al Hilal, who featured of course in the recent Club World Cup, uh, are facing Shabab Al Ahli of. Uh, from the UAE of uh, Dubai. So so that's the last one. Uh, then, of course, we'll move on to quarters, the semis, uh, and then the winner of that will take on uh, the Urawa Red Diamonds in the final. Uh, but uh, a fair way to go until then. Uh, let's go, I'll just quickly mention uh, the season started in Sweden uh, with, with uh, groups in the Cups, but the Allsvenskan will be back still a while to go before that happens. So we'll wait for them, I suppose, before talking about that in great depth. Uh, but, but I think let's return quickly to Asia because Ben has got some stuff from Indonesia. So, Ben, what's going on there? Yeah, so uh, we we had this weekend was fun because we had uh, one of the most informed Indonesian teams since the league started back up in uh, very early December uh, after the tragedy in, I think, early October. Uh, so Persibaya Surabaya were probably one of the most informed teams like in terms of results. Uh, they just lost 4-0 uh, in Bali to Bali United. Um, this is their second loss since the league started back up. I think they went on a run of uh, nine games without a loss. They had had a number of draws in there, uh, but definitely they, they've shot up the table a little bit. They're still nowhere near the title race. We also had some fun of the title race go on. Uh, so PSM Makassar, uh, they won, so they've got five straight wins, and they are still four points ahead of Persib Bandung. Uh, Persib have been very good as well, but they've they while they did win, uh, I think it was yesterday was their game, they have had some relatively poor results before that. So they've only got four points from the last three games. PSM have gotten nine from the last uh, three games. So they've been able to jump, PSM been able to jump ahead of Persib. Uh, so we do have a little bit of a title race in terms of PSM, Persib are four points behind them. And then two points behind Persib are Persija Jakarta. Um, and then six points behind Persija Borneo uh, and Medora United. So we have a little bit of a title race going on. Persibaya now no longer the most informed team. I think uh, I looked and it's PSM since the league has started back up. Uh, they are the most informed. They've got five in a row. They're the most informed at the moment. Persija, Jakarta right behind them, I think, with uh, four wins in the last five. So um, it, it pretty much there's like one to two games every day, the way that they're going to be able to finish the season on time. Uh, so we have anywhere between, I think it's eight and 11 games left for, for different teams. I think all the ones in this hot title race have... Uh, nine or 10 games left so really fun to watch uh see how this is going to develop but now it's psn the league leaders are the most informed team in results wise since december so i i think they have quite a lot about them to keep this going um and we'll see if perceiver procedure can really uh make their mark in the last couple games yep uh, should, should be one to us and of course i say we will be following that and we'll be keeping uh everyone posted but speaking of title races let, let me also quickly mention what's going on in greece uh, where Pauk beat IK 2-0 uh, 
Uh, and with that, it is that, of course, ended a, a fairly long winless streak for IK, but but it also meant that they lost their net lead. So they were four points behind Panathinaikos at the time of kickoff, uh, who who'd played earlier, played Panathinaikos in the weekend, but but they've also got, they've also played another game in another week. So IK do have a game in hand still. Uh, but had they won, they'd, they'd have been one point off. So you'd, you'd expect them to take the net lead, uh, the lead back. Uh, but now they're four points behind with a game in hand. So Panathinaikos uh, back at the top of the Greek Super League for good. But let's see if they can hold on this time. Because uh, as you discussed uh, briefly before, the, their form has rather fallen off after the World Cup. They seem to be getting back up to speed again, sort of. Uh, but yeah, that, that should be one to follow. Uh, but, but let's stay in Greece for a, for a bit of news where... Uh, Marcelo had signed for Olympiakos in the summer in a fairly high-profile move, certainly for the Greek Super League. Uh, but well, it, it's, it's just not gone to plan, has it? Uh, we haven't really seen much of him, to be honest. Uh, just made 10 appearances altogether. Uh, and now they've they've uh, terminated his contract by mutual consent. So he's gone. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen anything on where he might end up next or whether he'll... I mean, I, I presume he'll continue playing. Uh, so he's suppose... linked with LA Galaxy. That's Ooh, what I've seen today. Oh, wow. So, I well, I don't know if that's just the thing that everyone links these players with the teams yeah. in LA recently, but yeah, he's been linked with LA Galaxy, which <laughs> which would so be... Like the I'd love to see him here. I'd love to see him in the US. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to see where he actually goes. Because I think LA would actually be a really good move for him to be in. Yeah, his style would do well in the MLS too. Beyond, I, I didn't see anything. I should preface this with I haven't seen anything from him uh, in his 10 games at Olympiaco, so I could be completely wrong, but let's pretend the very end of his Real Madrid tenure, if he's still like that, he could do he could do well as is and an attacking fullback in the MLS, I think, is uh, one of the matches made in heaven, to be yeah. honest. It's very fun to to watch them and to be an attacking fullback in the MLS. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, I mean, that would be very interesting to see, as you say. Uh, but, yeah, we, we'll, keep, we'll keep an eye on that. But let, let, let's also just quickly talk about some managers. Uh, we talked about QPR uh, in midweek going terribly. Uh, and now we've got a development there. We'll, What's happened, Rafael? Yeah, um, as I said again, we talked about it on um, Friday's episode uh, about QPR's potential management situation and all of that. Um, the consideration now that uh, QPR sacked Neil Pritchard, they sacked him on Sunday after the 3 1 defeat in Middlesbrough. Now they're on hunt for a new manager. Neil Pritchard was actually the assistant to Gerard at Aston Villa. He replaced Michael Beale, assistant at Villa, and then he replaced Michael Beale as manager at QPR. He went to the Rangers. So the the the, the connections are there and, and whatnot. Um but when they when they officially took over as manager, they were targeting the playoffs. They were in and around the um the playoff spots. Um but he only won one of these twelve matches there. And it's as simple as this. When you're in the championship, it really is just a results-based business. They won't win football matches. There was no substance to his appointment, to be honest, because football wasn't promising. The future under him wasn't quite promising. And now they're looking to appoint the favourite, Gareth Ainsworth, um, who used to actually play for the club as a player, now has a chance to take over Reigns there. 
Um, I've actually been in a pressure with Gareth Bale before. Um, he's one of the most unique managers in football. I don't know if you guys uh, know this, but he knows his cowboy boots. Uh, I've seen him. I've seen him in, in matches rocking red cowboy boots. Um, he loves his rock and roll. He goes on about that all the time in season and whatnot. He, he was actually in a band, or well, I believe he's still in a band. Um, so yeah, quite interesting. And he's, he's been out with him for ten years. He got into lead to to the tam- to the championship, which they got relegated from two years ago, but he's a club icon, really. He's done one of that club with one of the smallest budgets in English football. And personally, I hope he doesn't go because how much he means to Wickham, how much he's uh, expressed his um his loyalties to Wickham and what Wickham has been to him in his life and how they Wickham are quite a unique club because uh, many people know about Adebayo Fenwa. Um, and, and the successes he's had in, in English football and the type of personality he is and mix out with that thing. Wickham really do embrace these um, unapologetic characters and that's what Gareth Ainsworth is and he, he him and Wickham have this kind of special bond together that it almost feels unbreakable at times. It has been unbreakable in the last decade. He's, he's had offers um, from championship clubs um, to go but he's, he's always stayed and the chance to, to take him back into the championship this season, it's a seventh in League One near the playoff spots in League One, but the chance to take him back into the championship and potentially stayed there for a lot longer than they did uh, previously is so tempting. But if he does go to QPR, you'd understand it. He's a former player. The chance to manage in one of the biggest clubs in English football that QPR is. I'm sure Wickham fans would understand. Considering his loyalty in the last decade, I don't think they'll be too... Uh, is high. Yeah, definitely a very interesting character uh, from what he, what he describes. So I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that then. Uh, but another bit of managerial news from England is, is that uh, Javi Garcia is being linked with uh, Leeds United. So finally, it seems uh, they, they will no longer be uh, managerless. Uh, but of course, again, these are just links. So there's nothing concrete there. But uh, to be honest, I haven't watched too many of his sides. But I've, at least from what I've heard and read from fans of his previous clubs, seems pretty smart, uh, pretty good appointment. Uh, so, uh, well, I suppose if it does happen, let's see how it goes. But uh, when 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 you have one of these names thrown, uh, of course, the first thing I like to do is go check out their career paths, and and this one's a really interesting one. So, uh, Ben uh, and Raphael, let, let, how about you guys try your hand uh, at guessing this guy's career path? Because he's been a few places as well. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you guys started uh, by just saying that he started, I mean, we, we'll skip this. So, he started his uh, managerial career uh, at, the, of, uh, at uh, VRL's youth sites uh, in, I think, 2004. Uh yeah, so he spends a year uh, at Villarreal's youth sites, uh, and and then he he remains in Spain for his uh, next couple of jobs. Uh, 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 yeah, I don't think you're gonna get Ponte Vedra, so I'll just say that. Uh, but but no, after not in uh, years. <laughs> yeah, so the last time I heard about Abi Garcia was at Watford. So yeah, yeah, you know that. Yeah, made an Africa Cup final. Yeah, so I, I mean, again, I suppose you, you'll have to hold on to that one uh, and use that guess at the right time. But yeah, uh, we'll skip Pontevedra. But then he, he, he went on to a club which is currently in La Liga. Any guesses? 
So you'll have heard of this, I'm sure. Big or small? Um, obviously, very much on the smaller side. Apparently not obvious to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, not pretty obvious, but uh, yeah. Nope. Any guesses, Ben? Have a pop. Uh, where, where in the table are they right now? Uh, definitely in the relegation zone, I think. Oh, wow. Let me check, but... Where are they geographically? I'm just going to ask for a bunch of hints. Mm, should I give you that? Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. They're based in a port city. Cuddies, Cuddies. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Cuddies, yeah. Nice, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. They, they, they played Barcelona. Yeah, they went up recently and then they've stayed up by... Well, not by beating Barcelona and Real Madrid, but yeah, they, yeah, they like to post on Twitter every time they do, and there's like, oh, yeah. you guys yeah. suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I think they played Barcelona Sunday night, right? I think. Ooh, those night. are always good games. Their keeper becomes uh, yeah, like prime Neuer. Yeah, he's yeah. prime Neuer every single time he faces one of Barcelona Real Madrid. So yeah, I'll watch that one. Uh, okay. Uh, then he goes, I'll, I'll, I'll skip this. Then he goes uh, to Villarreal, uh, second team. Uh, that's 2010-2011 and then he has a brief stint in Greece oh my yeah that's right yeah Spanish manager uh, we might as well keep the, the Greece the Greece team going really <laughs> uh, yeah that, that, that I mean they currently have a Spanish manager too don't they uh, Michel so they, they do love that he went, he went from from Wow. What yeah, he jump. went from Villarreal B to Olympiacos. That, that's a bit of a jump, but yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, then... Uh, okay, this is a team I haven't heard of either, so uh, I'll skip it. It's a side called Kerkira, which is also in Greece. Uh, I'm assuming they were in the top flight at the time, uh, but I see now they've gone into administration and stuff. Uh, and they're attempting to revive it, but they're currently participating in the A-League of local amateur championships uh, in, in their region. So, yeah, I'm not surprised no one's heard of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I suppose that's sad news, really, because uh, it looks like a pretty historic club, uh, which is now in administration. So, yeah, anyway, he went there. Uh, then he has three jobs in Spain, Uh Two La Liga sides and one uh, now in the sec second division, but previously in La Liga. So I'm assuming at the time he was in La Liga. So, okay, but first, uh, La Liga side again. Uh, th this one's uh, recently promoted uh, and I, th yeah, battling relegation. That's, that's a good hint. That's too much. Is it? I don't know. It's okay. on. Order. Sorry? Okay. Nope. Free hit, Ben. Al Maria. Yeah. Oh. Okay, there's only like two. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. This is like this is like in Jeopardy when you then there's two answers and yeah, Raphael just got wait. the first one and missed yeah. it. So I was like, well, interesting. So I appreciate that, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Then he goes to another La Liga side. Uh, not really a huge one, but currently impressing in the top half of the table. Like the time scale. Sorry. Time scale. Well, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Let me let me look that up. Uh, mm. Okay, so 2011 Olympiacos till 2012 uh, Kerkira, 2013 Almeria uh, till so 2012 to 13, and now uh, just another year again. This guy, yeah, this guy just hops around for years by the looks of it. So yeah, another year here, okay. 2013. Uh, th this side is currently 
impressing in the top half of La Liga is what I'll give you. I'm going to go with Balakang again. Mm, nope. Not that we hit Ben. No. Apparently, I know more about the bad teams, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, any guesses, though? Nope. All right, I'll give it. It's Osasuna. He's been. Oh, no excuses for us. You tweet about them all, like every week. Yeah. I got that one. Weekly on Osasuna Watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a year there. Then he goes to, uh, but finally, spends more than a year somewhere. He goes to a team who are in the Secunda Division currently. Were they promoted last year or the year before? Uh, sorry, were they relegated last year or the year before? I will need to check that. Oh, oh no. I thought you were asking us. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, no, okay. No, these guys were relegated four years back. Okay, so they've been down for oh, a while. Yeah. But yeah, they're a team. They're a team. They, they, they've played. They're a team of played in Europe as recently as 2012-13. And they're a team people have heard of. Definitely. Las Palmas? Nope. Yeah. Wait, have uh, they played in Europe? Yeah, I don't think. Have Las Palmas? I, I can't remember. It's not them, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think people have heard of this this team because they've been, uh, they've had a couple of high-profile managers. Really? I, I guess you could say that, yeah. All right, I'll give you a last ten, Rafael. Uh, they're based in Andalusia. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go with Elche again. I'll be wasting time. Yeah, right, yeah. They're Malaga. Malaga. Uh, yeah. Close, I think. It is for him or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, sh- I should have thought of that. Fair, yeah. 20, 2012, they were in the Champions League, though. They reached the quarterfinals. 2012-13. Wow. That's impressive. They beat Milan, Anderlecht, and Zenit in their groups to finish first. Beat Porto in the round of 16. And then lost to Dortmund. Uh, so, yeah. But that, uh, that, that seems a special run. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Malaga, then he heads off to Russia. Yeah. Okay. I, if you, if anyone wants to guess first up, or I'll, I'll just give you the hint. Not of Moscow. Nope. Uh, relegated <laughs> last season. It was it a big club? I, I look, I'm, I'm giving you relegated last season. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so there's a team that had an American player that just got relegated. Hmm. And this is probably wrong, but I'm going to... Uh, 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 what is it? Ru- Ruben Kazan. Yeah, Or right. Arsenal Tula. Ruben Kazan. Ruben, hold on, hold on. Which one are you going for? I think Kavara left him there. So. Ruben Kazan? Yeah, that's right. Okay, thank you, Bobby Wood, if you're listening to this. <laughs> which you probably, you probably oh, are. Thank you, Bobby Wood. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a throwback to when he is like two months. He was. <laughs> yeah, he played it. He played at uh, HSV for a while. No, he played there. That's the only team I know that was just relegated. Oh right, right. I remember. Yeah. Wait, Bobby was there last season. No, no, no. He's been there before, in the past. Yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. there. Wait, that's the only. Yeah, but last season they had some know... players. Yeah, now they had Saba. 
A lot of these Russian teams had a ton of players in like 2014 to 17. Yeah. Um, and now it's pretty much just the Moscow clubs and in Zenit that like have the big the big names and big money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's but anyway. Uh... Your beauty. <laughs> okay, okay. For for purpose of time, let's move on. Uh okay, then he's gone uh from Rubin Kazan to the job you've heard of most. Yeah. Three two, I'm keeping score. Then he's Watford. Then he goes to Spain, uh, La Liga, fairly big club, certainly historically. Ooh, wow, three three. No, you got yeah. it. You yeah. got it. Ooh, grandstand finish. Because now is his last job. All right, okay, get ready for this. This is last job. Uh, I'll give you this. It's in the Middle East. Well, that doesn't really narrow it down. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's it's a big club in the Middle East. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's, it's a club you guys have definitely... I mean, it's a club most football fans have definitely heard of. For reasons. What do you say? Oh, I was going to go with Al-Halal. Okay. al No, it's Al-Sad. Oh. He, he, he succeeded you know, Javi. You said most football fans have heard about it. Yeah, because, I mean, Javi... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. So he, he succeeded Javi, uh, and then he's been succeeded by Juan Malilio. Uh And yeah, he left uh, a, in early 2012, I think. Oh, sorry, 2022. And then he's been, no, at the end of the season, sorry. Yeah, he won the title and left. Uh, and yeah, it appears he may join Leeds now. Uh, but anyway, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's about it for this week's episode. Uh Great, great uh, battle at the end there. 3-3 between Ben and Rafael, so no winner. And apparently Ben says now that Bobby Wood didn't even play at Rubin Kazan. So he's absolutely got a fluke uh, right there. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, a, a really, really fun episode again as we covered loads of games. Uh, and of course, that great battle at the end. Uh, we, we look ahead, of course, now to the midweek fixtures. We've got some UEFA competitions. Uh, we've got the second round of the Copa Libertadores qualifiers. Uh, we've got the Recopa Sudamericana between uh, Independiente del Valle, the Copa Sudamericana winners, uh, and Flamengo, the Copa Libertadores winners. Uh, we've got a few league games here and there. That's about it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think we forgot to mention this. But we've also got uh, the finals of the Inter-Confederation uh, uh, World Cup playoffs, the Women's World Cup playoffs in Australia and New Zealand, uh, which are taking place this week. Uh, and so, so I guess let me just quickly tell you about what happened as well. Uh, so these are basically ten teams uh, in three groups uh, with just knockouts, uh, and and th- there's three spots up for grabs at the World Cup. Twenty nine teams have been decided. Uh, so these are the inter confederation playoffs, as I said. Uh, Group A had uh, Senegal, Haiti, Chile. Uh, Chile got a bite at the final, so Senegal, Haiti played a semi final. Haiti won four nil. Uh, Group B, uh, Portugal, Cameroon, Thailand. Portugal by to the final. Cameroon beat Thailand 2-0. But later on, the keeper got sent off. So, uh, she'll miss the final. So, that's perhaps something to, to, to watch out for. And Group C was the only one with two semifinals. Uh, the Chinese Taipei, or better known as Taiwan, uh, lost out to Paraguay uh, in, a, in a really dramatic game. Uh, they, they, they were 2-0 up after about uh, 75 minutes. Considered twice quickly around the 80th minute. Match went to extra time. Last minute, I think in stoppage time actually, off extra time, uh, VAR awards Taiwan a penalty. 
which which they sky well over the crossbar. And and the same same player also misses in the shootout, as does one of her teammates. So Paraguay through to the final, where they will be joined uh, and they will face Panama, uh, who beat uh, Papua, uh, Papua New Guinea uh, in the other semi-final. So basically, uh, Chile against Haiti on Wednesday, uh, on Wednesday uh, Portugal against Cameroon as well, uh, and Paraguay against Panama on Thursday to decide the final three spots at the World Cup this summer in Australia and New Zealand. So we look forward to those as well. We, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted on those as well. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for this episode. Th- thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks to Ben and Raphael uh, for, for their insights uh, and, and their contribution to, to, to that great uh, great 3-3 end uh, right there. Uh, and yeah, uh, see, see you guys uh, on, on Patreon. Uh, for First up on Tuesday, actually, or tomorrow, we've got a special episode uh, dropping uh, uh, a recap of the recently concluded Sudamericano Under-20 uh, tournament. Uh, and then, of course, on Friday, our usual preview episode where we look through some of these games, but more importantly, focus on what's coming up this weekend. Uh, so if you can join us on Patreon, we'd, of course, greatly appreciate that and we look forward to your company. Uh, but if not, then we'll see you on Monday next week when we recap the weekend's action. But anyway, until we meet again, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and take care. Goodbye.